everybody, it's Robert here. I'm joined on this episode by Tom Satterley and Scott Johnson, and we welcome back an old favorite, Christian Redder. Christian joined us back on episode 55, and if you've never heard that episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to that in time. It's a really good episode to give you an idea about Christian and what he was doing when he was in the Marine Corps and uh, served as a Marine Corps recom. But in this episode, we get into what he's been doing for the last six months to a year. So sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Mentors for Military. This is the Mentors for Military podcast. Chris, I was going to look at it. I think it's been two years since we did your initial podcast. Now, you were on yeah, a couple of times since then. Right. Yeah. And during that time frame, uh, you know, you were telling your story about having just gotten out. Tom Scott Christian is a uh, former recon. Well, he started off uh, cleaning toilets in the Marine Corps. Yep. Literally. <laughs> and then went on later into uh, recon. But now I want to get into what you've been doing here lately. But before I do that, I, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the ways in which you can support us. And it's through our Patreon site. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And you can support the podcast that way by donating as, as little as $2 a month. And it can go a long way in trying to help us recover some of the costs that we have here. Of course, one of the major foundations that we're supporting now is All Secure Foundation. And you can go out to their website at allsecurefoundation.org and uh, lend your support and if you go out to, to skeleton optics a veteran-owned company and support them uh, by using the code mentors the number four mil the 10 percent savings will go directly in support of our nonprofits that we support so it'll go to those like tom's organization at all secure foundation to be able to help them do what they're doing check out uh, skeleton optics head over to patreon.com lend your support there and be sure to check out facebook social media and everything else that we're on so as I was mentioning, Christian's been on the show a while back. He's, I think this is like your third or fourth time, if I want to, if I remember correctly. I couple, believe it's, yeah, third. Yeah, you, you sat there quietly a couple of times, if I recall. Didn't didn't lend anything to the yeah, commentary no, to like, the podcast. As soon as I was like, that's it, I want to say, and then you would say exactly what I want to say. I was like, well, I'll just keep Googling stuff then. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there was... Basically, like one podcast at the end of it, I was like, no, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, you're like, you know, you could talk. And I'm like, I'm not just getting like every time, literally every time, I'm like, I want it. Nope. You'd get, jump right into it. And that'd be the end of it. And I was like, oh. so what you're saying is I cut you off. Is that what, what you're saying? Go ahead uh, in the it. nicest way possible. In the nicest, <laughs> you dominate the conversations. Oh, that's not a good way of putting it, Christian. <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> oh, no, that's staying in there. Oh, my God. So, all right. So last time that we did text one another, well, it wouldn't be the last time we texted one another, but before you decided to leave the country or uh, you were you moved into a new job opportunity, and that's really what the, uh, the conversation or topic is going to be about tonight a little bit. And, um, God, that was a year ago or about 15 months ago now? Um, I initially started the job in December, so almost okay. a year, almost a year. And at that time frame, you went out and started doing some training initially, but uh, maybe you want to tell a little bit about what you've been doing since that conversation. So, yeah, I got a position with a company doing, um, contract work for the, uh, DOD for a uh, task force over in Afghanistan and it was providing ISR uh, support for, that area of operations that we were in, flying um, smaller UAVs uh, and monitoring like the Afghan National Army and whatever else we were called upon to do. Now, were you more in like a manager supervisor role or were you behind the actual stick and flying some of these things? Well, we're it's a very small company that I work for, so I was a shift leader, but that also didn't mean I didn't get to fly these things. So it, it varied. Um, We'd go out, you know, fly it around for a couple hours and then land it, swap out batteries and put it right back up and then send it back out and then, you know, go take over and you'd go sit in the uh, Joint Operations Center for a while and fly around and, and watch people be shitheads. <laughs> I, I, have, uh, I have seen uh, at least some of the, the centers and stuff that I've noticed on photos and such seem to show more of 
Air Force pilots, as I understand it, that end up flying a lot of these, they're actual pilots that went through the flight training and then they end up getting on drones. Yeah, um, for the Air Force side of the house, as far as I understand how it works, is it's an actual MOS and they get into flying the uh, Predators and Reapers and stuff like that. So the guys that are actually flying those aren't even in Afghanistan. Most of them are flying out of Nevada or Florida. So, you know, they spend eight hours a day sitting in a cockpit in an, an air controlled room flying over Afghanistan, uh, destroying shitheads all day long. And then, you know, that night they're back at home having dinner with their family, taking their kids to the soccer game. And that's crazy. You know, yeah, it's, it's kind of surreal. So, uh, you know, where I was working at, we, we don't have those capabilities with the, uh, the UAV that we were using. So we, we had to be right there due to, you know, some limiting factors and whatnot, but, uh, it was, it was pretty interesting cause you know, there's just a bunch of screens on the wall and, you know, there's one screen where it's the A-10s and another screen could be Apaches or whoever else, uh, predators, reapers, whatnot, depended on who's on station. And, you know, it was, it was very busy. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of the Lord's work was being done over there. <laughs> 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 and, and so, I mean, you're just sitting there watching people die at the rapid rate, really, uh, all over the place. And it's just, it, I mean, it, it happens quite a bit. It's, you know, the other day I was sitting here at home and I was like, man, right now, like, I'm hanging out, you know, trying to figure out if I want to go, you know, wherever to eat and someplace over in Afghanistan, some shithead is, is getting smoked by a rocket right now or, you know, 40 mil gun run is being ran up his ass. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's crazy, you yeah. know, cause you're just sitting there with an Xbox controller flying a drone or, you know, UAV and you're just following whomever and you're just watching everything they do and they have absolutely no clue that you're right there. I mean, it's it's pretty it's unreal. Someone told me a number once. I don't I don't know what it is. It was astronomical that at any one time how many drones we have overhead overseas. It's it was crazy number of how many drones we have up in the air. It's it is a lot. Uh, I don't know the number offhand. Um, but I mean, you've got you know JSOC over there. You got you know those guys are used to SOC. Anything like you know with the SOC. They've got a bunch of assets attached to them. And then you've got lower level like task force and whatnot. And they've got a bunch of ISR assets and it is pretty impressive. And, you know, it's just at all different altitudes as well. You know, you got the A-10s at X amount of AGL. And then you got all the way up to, you know, 20, 30,000 feet. Somebody just flying around watching, I mean, it's like you have to clear it, airspace before you shoot somebody, so you don't shoot one of our own down. Yeah, there's a. It's a massive. It's a. It's a very uh, fluid process when, when somebody is found and, and, uh, I mean it, and it, and it's not all like pure excitement. It's not like you just grab the Xbox controller and you're like, oh, there's an idiot. We'll just all right. There's oh, another one. I mean, there are sometimes you can get into a pretty target-rich environment, but I would equate to being like a police officer or something you know 99 percent of the time it's just pure boredom or the same repetitiveness and then that one percent you're like all right this is this is pretty cool and so like when you're actually doing like a track and follow or something or you pick up some random uh freedom hater that just woke up that day and decided he was gonna take a couple of pop shots at the a and a and you just happen to be in the right spot you know right place at the right time and and then you follow that guy, and then he takes you back to his other idiot friends, and and then they just level the building or whatever. Dang. And you're like, that is that is awesome. I mean, you're just sitting in a room, and you're just, you know, high Mars are getting shot every once in a while, and and you you watch live feed like a building, you know, with fifty Taliban fighters in there, just gone, and it's. It's pretty, it's, you're like, all right, cool. And then you're like, all right, well, I guess uh, go grab a couple of rippets or go grab some dinner. <laughs> it's just, that's just what it is. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy, you know. 
but it's I really enjoy the line of work. It's uh, it's a great line of work, you know. I and it took me a long time to actually like want to do contracting because, you know, everyone's like, oh man, I want to be a contractor, and they they see you know whatever movies or Sicario or whatever it is, they get all amped up and they're like, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go join you know Delta, and it's like, as people in this chat can attest, it's not just something you're just like, oh, I'm just gonna go and. And I'll be there in a week, you know. It's just like there's just no grasp of reality. And so now, like, being in the contracting world, so many people hit me up. They're like, hey, what do you think about X company? Like, I really want to get over there and contract. I'm like, for what, man? You're going to be standing a post checking IDs 12 hours a day, not doing what you think you're going to be doing. And so I just tell people to, like, get in with something that's a tangible skill set. Because right now, I mean, unless you're coming from some top tier unit, like you're not going to be doing anything that you want to be doing. And so you really need to jump into something that can like uh, to catalyst you into that, you know, whether it be the Intel field, uh, you know, UAV, something like that, because it starts to get bottlenecked, you know, as the higher you get into the more specialized units. I mean, it's it's, you know, 100 of the best guys trying out for the, you know, not a hundred random people trying out like you've already weeded out the people that don't want to be there the people that are lost and confused they're gone and so now it's like all the people that want to be there shooting for that one spot and so but yeah no it's been it's been a great adventure you know i was in afghanistan for uh, about five months and i enjoyed the uh the line of work a lot i think i read somewhere what was it like 2011? I don't know what the target number is today, but I want to. Re- I think I read like 2,500 targets uh, in that year, and that was probably a. I don't know. That could be on the peak, or that could be a low uh, number today, in terms of actual lives, souls taken. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Like uh, I know that the battle captains in the the uh, Joint Operations Center, they kept track of their actual strikes whether it was somebody a motorcycle or a building or whatever it was i mean you see all types of craziness out there i mean one minute you're you're tracking uh somebody on a motorcycle that you know is, is running guns and whatever has uh stuff on them that they shouldn't have and you know and it's it's not like you just find them follow them and then they die so i mean there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, you have the general, uh, usually there's a general that, that is signing off on like, uh, this, this person's death. And then of course you have the legal team that's in there as well. That's like, yup, that is whatever, you know, weapon, whatever it may be. So then the, they get the, the okay from the legal side. And then, you know, you have to have, Depends on who the shooter is on station, whether it's Predator, A-10, Apache, F-16, whatever's in the airspace. And then, so now you have a JTAC that's involved, that's coordinating everything. And you've got ISR that has to back out on the camera and clear the ground space as well. Then you have the other people that are, you know, updating where friendly troops are, etc. And then they also, then you have to check with the intel to make sure that he's not somebody that's working for somebody and so there's at any time you know just just for one uh freedom hater to be eliminated from the face of the earth it takes it takes a lot of work a lot goes into it do you have to get host nation approval in iraq for we had to start going through the judges and get a quick stamp before we would go do hits after a while i was like okay it ended up being hey, we're going to do a hit like in five seconds. Can you sign this? Is this cool? But you don't want to tell the guys what you're doing. But yeah. do you have to get that approval? Uh, no. No, not not where we were at because we're running out of Hellman. And uh, uh, basically that approval was coming from the, the one star that was in charge of that area. It gets a little bit more dicey if it's uh, uh, a munitions depot, a.k.a. a mosque, because um, like they know – and so we'll sit there and watch people load stuff in and out of a mosque all day long. And so that, that takes another thing of higher, like higher up. So it just really depends. But yeah, there's, as long as uh, the, 
the judge advocate who's there and the the general okay then that's that's pretty much uh the end of the the end of that guy's life you and I have been texting recently about just the changes now on the battlefield i mean the the days of a lot of the boots on the ground are changing um and the way the war is being fought today and and it is being fought more by drones by air support and more with by special operations and I think that's uh, maybe a little bit different than what it was initially when there were a lot more ground troops from, you know, conventional forces, Marines, Army, those types of things. And that that's changed quite a bit, right? Yeah, from what I was uh, experienced out there and saw firsthand, it, it's not, you know, a bunch of conventional forces that are just rolling around in Humvees and patrolling and stuff like that. Uh, everybody's kind of switched more into an advisory role to try to teach the the Afghan National Army or whoever they're working with, how to do it on their own. Uh, and then we would just provide support depending on what they were doing. Uh, so it's it's kind of seen that all firsthand. It, it is definitely switching more into the ISR intelligence, stuff like that. Like uh, You still have a lot of SF guys that are out there that are, that are putting in a lot of work. Um, but it just, it's not you know, infantry battalion getting dropped and going out on patrols every day. So it's, it's definitely changed. Now, granted, I wasn't there in the, the, at all. This, that was my first time to Afghanistan. So, I mean, I wasn't there boots on the ground when everything was going off. So uh, I can't really talk about how it would compare or whatnot, but from what I've heard is it's completely different now. It's more of a, like try to teach them how to do it themselves and that's a whole other beast. Do you guys hear that? No, oh, you it's stopped. Probably, is, my, is your microphone buried in your beard? Yeah, probably. <laughs> you want me to go shave real quick? <laughs> just that one just, spot. Yeah, just, just, just open a... it up. Yeah. <laughs> right, that would look weird. Right, I just right like there. beard come over. A big square. Like, yeah. I knew for a while everybody was sitting there going, what is that? And I was watching going, I bet it's his beard or his sweater or his sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, too bad you can't edit all that out. <laughs> no shit. Oh, my God. I was sitting there trying to figure that out, and I'm looking at Scott, and I'm looking at Tom, and I'm thinking, no, we're not all moving. So, And, and I thought at first it was – well, I thought it was when you were first playing with your beard, and then I realized that, no, it's not that sound. So, yeah. <laughs> You're going to get a bunch of one-star reviews. They'll be like, I don't know who was sanding in the background, but they need to knock that shit off. <laughs> Audio sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think the uh, definitely that has changed. And so for a lot of the guys, you know, that might be listening that, uh, you know, they, they follow a lot. They're young kids, I should say. And they're looking at where the – the war is going, they need to kind of realize that it's more of the special operations that are getting engaged at this time frame, not to say that that can't change. So I don't know how active the drones were back in your day, Tom. I mean, were they something that was as prevalent back then as they are today? Uh, I, I think they're more prevalent now. They were they were pretty prevalent back then, but growing. Um, but there were so many more boots on the ground, we kind of used it more as a platform to gain intelligence, I think. Mm-hmm. And then strike those external targets that are out there, moving vehicles maybe or whatnot. But um, I think it's more prevalent now how much they just use drones to do everything, um, or pre you know pre assault fires maybe with it as you're as you're moving up. But he was talking about how, how they're using uh, more host nation forces. Um, it'll be like by with and through. Everything we do, we'll put them up front. We'll shove them up front. And let them do it. We'll, we'll maybe send two guys with a with a company. So that's always nerve wracking to have two of you with a company of of locals who you don't trust anyway. You know, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, all right, guys, go shoot at those people, and then they take off running. You're standing there with your buddy, like, all right, well, <laughs> we either go get it or we get out of here. So that's all. That's the only choice you have. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're not you're not wrong. Well, I mean, you guys are flying a lot of the surveillance uh, for these guys. I'm I'm assuming for covering their back when these types of things happen. Uh, it really. It really just depends on what we have up and like what's going on at that particular time. Uh, we would get a lot of calls from the ANA saying that they're taking massive heavy fire from whatever cardinal direction you want to use. And then you would go up there to provide ISR support and it's just 20 dudes still sitting there drinking tea, nothing going on. 
and that that is a reoccurring theme you're like there is no massive i mean it, it you know when you read the report it's like armageddon is happening and then you fly up there and it's them just hanging around taking naps that would drive me crazy the the young kids on the ground freaking out over one gunshot and then they want to they want a gunshot yeah they hear they hear a loud clapping noise or something and they call in for you know for uh (laughs) support or (laughs) j dams and it's like you guys have about 100 people with guns out here why don't you go see what's up i mean that's kind of what you're supposed to be doing oh they'd have bmps that uh, it's like why whoever's shooting at because like there's been times where i've watched the people that are shooting at them and it's usually some guy that's way outside the range of an AK-47, just popping rounds in their direction, like not going to hit anything. That's if the round even makes it there. But then the radio chatter is just like, it is It is going down. We need everything in all of Afghanistan here. It's shit has hit the fan. And then you get over there and it's, you know, just hanging out, taking naps underneath the BMPs. I'm like, <laughs> Uh, it's just you know you just you get to the point where you just laugh at it. Was it you, Christian, that posted that video? I, I can't remember if the guy was in the eighty second or where he was. He was like a first sergeant that was just chewing out this whole looked like about the size of a company of Afghan soldiers because they took off running or um, uh, something occurred. I don't remember what it was, and it was like a a three segment video. So there was like a post, like part one, then a part two, and then a part three. I don't know if you saw that. No, I I did not see that, but sounds sounds about spot yeah, on. <laughs> it reminded me of what you guys were talking about just then. It reminded me exactly of that. And I mean, he was flat out laying into them, calling them all kinds of names in the book, and about how they're a bunch of cowards, and you know, and that he's not going to put my men out there with him. You want us to come out here and train you, but and and you want us to go out there and support you on the battlefield, but yet yeah. you take off running and get my guys killed or put them in bad situations. I mean, he was like. He was not using nice words, let's put it that way, when he was uh, communicating. So, And he had the oh. interpreter right there doing the whole thing, you know, and uh, sharing it all with I, him. I think that was a Marine, um, was winning it? hearts and minds of the locals. He was a, it's a good speech, and it was talking about going down there and taking your town back. He goes, they shoot a couple rounds yes. at your little checkpoints, and you take off running. He goes, no more. We're gonna, I'm going to go down there myself, and we're gonna, you want me to take that town back with my guys who don't even live here? You know, show some balls and go back, take back your own town. You know, they were were getting all mad about it. I'm like, well, you know, it's the truth hurts sometimes, you know, it's, uh, they don't (laughs) have that, they don't have that motivation. They just don't have that motivation. I don't know how well, you know, you can't motivate people. You can inspire them, but you can't motivate them. So I think the Marine mentality of let's motivate these guys by chewing their butts and making them feel bad about themselves. They're like, Hey, you're right, man. You are right. We don't want to go down there and get shot at. You guys go do it. That's, yeah, they don't yeah. mind admitting that. <laughs> it is a very odd dynamic over there. It's just because part of it, you're like, man, this is this is frustrating because we're not. I don't know. I guess I mean, I don't feel that we're really accomplishing much of anything. From what you know, it's like, all right, they still are taking naps. Like, awesome, you know. And I have a lot of friends that I uh, made with the the Marines and some people that I'd met through Instagram and stuff that um, were over there and. And they were like, yeah, like if somebody shows up and they can shoot well, it's most likely that they're Taliban that was sent to come get this training. And then it's like it's a like a one-stop shop Taliban place. Uh, people just converge in there to go and get their Taliban on. And then it's just that, you know, you see the, the massive amount of fire, and that's pure sa- sarcasm that these ANA positions are taking. And there is no fire. There is nothing going on. And it's like 200 yards away, you're watching Taliban unloading weapons that it's like you guys could just drive down there and this could be all over. But they won't do anything unless there's American support. And so when there was that ceasefire, they were they were like begging us to come, you know, to turn the, the gears of war back on. And we we're just like, nope, you guys have to figure this out. And then once the gloves came off, it was like, and the people were dying all over the place. It was just, it was incredible to see because 
they got so cocky with like not having to hide anymore that they were just walking. Like we were just walking guys, watching guys walk down the street with weapons, RPGs, whatever, you know, planting IEDs out in the road, just watching. And then the ceasefire ended and it was just a, a free for all for a while of taking these guys down. And so it, I don't know. It's, I don't know what the end game is here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was like, whatever it's, it's, interesting to see interesting to be involved with but it's also kind of frustrating too i'm just glad that there's i mean every time we lose any american life over there is is a tragedy for sure but uh i'm glad that those numbers have greatly decreased you know it's just um because yeah i mean i was out there when the the first um sfab advisor i want to say was was killed and that was a bummer that that hit the sfab guys pretty hard because you know that was as far as i understand this is their like first mission uh overseas yeah, I, think, I think it is their first mission yeah because they just were formed here you know more recently or at least they were given the the beret and of course we all remember yeah. the whole conversation about the <laughs> yeah. about the introduction of the beret and the patch and the whole bit and how that uh oh, I, I loved it because we had a sf guy that works with us and i was just like Oh man, you guys got the same color hat, you know? Uh. <laughs> oh, he was like, you know, fuck you. I'm like, what? What's the difference? They're all green. <laughs> Who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just, it's funny because you could just see the anger boiling over. And so, um, but yeah, and then, uh, then the, the, the tragedy with the, the special forces, um, guy that, that lost his life, like, you know the stuff like that is you're like well, why you know what what are we doing here because uh, the ultimate frustration for me is there's there's guys that have been out there when some of these places that we're retaking back that we're buying back are we're massive you know you have camp leatherneck or whatever had a lot of people there and then we just up and we're like up oh, here you go here's your here's your land back and we would fly over it with the UAVs and everything is just trash. We're talking millions and millions of dollars. And I think I'm being extremely low, if not hundreds of millions of dollars of gear equipment that we just handed to them. And and nothing is just rusting and rotting out in the desert. I think if, if we would learn from history, we'd learn that if you don't, put boots on the ground and hold the land it's not yours really it's never going to be ours unless we i mean we're still in germany we're still in japan people mm-hmm. are complaining people are complaining Korea. get out get out get out we're we're in all three of those places still this many years later and then you'll hear guys talk about there's there's people that weren't born during 9-11 serving in the u.s military right now and they're like that's how long it's been going on we're getting good at this and i go oh, so are the other guys yeah those guys join the other. They team. have a vote. Yeah, they have a vote. You get a vote, but they get a vote. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They're they weren't born when they attacked us. You know, so it's 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 fresh for them too. They love it as well. And then anytime you give somebody something that they didn't earn or pay for or respect, like we turn over all that equipment and that land and property, every time we go back, it's trash. They go and raid it because they're broke anyway. They'll always be broke, and they know it. And the and the higher ups will take all the good money and all the good stuff and keep it for themselves. So they go in and steal everything they can. And trash it instead of using it for what it's worth. And then we come back in and fix it back up again and give it to them again. I wonder why it takes billions of dollars to to fight and win a war and help a country out when their country's probably not worth that much anyway. I mean, if you sold it, it wouldn't be worth that much. Why can't we fix it up for that amount of money? I think it's cultural. They don't care. They they don't want it. Yeah, you're not far off. I mean, just the amount of stuff that's just sitting in the desert that we've that we paid a lot of money and we as in the, the American taxpayer or, uh, you know, any of the other, um, countries that have assisted that have pumped money into this. It's now just sitting out there and it's, I mean, you look at, you know, a large cat excavator that's just sitting there rotting and you're like, that's a $400,000 piece of equipment. Yeah. They, they They got paid for it by the government. Yep. They brought it over. They got paid while doing the job over there. And then it's cheaper for them to leave it. The government's probably like, if you want it back, you got to fly it. And then 
with the customs, things like customs. They'll charge, what was that, in Puerto Rico? No, where was that, some foreign country? They were going to bring in some equipment to help with the relief. It might have been Puerto Rico. And they were like, well, before you can unload that stuff, it's going to cost you $5,000 per item or 10 It was like, we're here to help you. Yeah. That was Puerto Rico, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And they yeah. actually, they, they were holding up, um, weren't they holding up equipment and everything and supplies yeah. to be able to get to some of the Caribbean islands because they had to go yeah. to Puerto Rico and dock there first. Yep. And it was sitting off the coast waiting to, to dock and they, and they weren't going to dock and, and pay those docking fees. Like in Savannah, it's like 50000 a day to dock one of those ships. That's why they unload them really fast and get out of there. They didn't want to sit there and pay for all that. I mean, it was just extortion. Uh, everybody, And then they get on the radio or the TV and complain about how we're doing crappy job helping them out when they're the ones causing all the trouble. <laughs> they won't let the stuff in. It's the same with the foreigners over there the, in Afghanistan, Iraq, everywhere we're at that really just wants our money. They want us to fight their fight for them and give them everything and I mean, I don't know. They just uh, zero respect for our property, equipment, and lives. You know, they want it all themselves. You talk about a graveyard. Uh, There's still a graveyard over there from like T-55s from where the Russians were there and stuff. I mean, these old crank turret tanks and everything that are sitting there, nobody's using them. They're just collecting dust and taking up space. But you take that along with all of the other equipment that you're describing, you know, that uh, not even was part of the war and the damage from it, but stuff that has been given to them or sold to them. Same right. thing. The, I, I the spent weeks are... clearing a road through um, uh, a, f- a field of uh, Russian tanks, artillery pieces to, to we was building a range. And you'd see the Afghans coming behind us and just stripping everything off it once we'd cleared it just for scrap metal. But you'd, you're 100% right in what you're saying, Tom. It's it's cultural for them, and they, they don't value anything other than how little effort they've got to do to get some money. So if they right. can get scrap value, you know, and somebody can turn that into something else, and they're, resor- they're resourceful, you've got to give them that. But there's just no value in doing anything the right way. They'd rather right. just knock something off, scrap it, strip it apart, and then sell it out for scrap sheet metal. To somebody else to turn something in, but the value, you know, like you were saying, Christian, I mean, uh, an ex- uh, excavator sitting there, four hundred thousand dollars worth. We didn't bring anything back when I was in two thousand and two. We just st- stripped it essentially for them, uh, and we was over there in soft skin Land Rovers and shit like that. But it, it's <laughs> it's not worth us sending it back over and flying it back over for the the value, but. What are you going to do? Give them the vehicles? No. So you just end up stripping it out, and they're just taking door panels off things. And, yeah. You know, but, a yard sale. Yeah, they'll make a hut out of the doors and the bumpers instead yeah. of li- living inside the tank. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. could live in the tank if if you really want to do that. You could live inside, but they'll mm-hmm. lean the door up and sleep under, it and make a lamp out of the wheel. You know, the hub of the wheel or something. It's uh, yeah, there's, it's it's mind blowing just watching I, it all play out. I think they don't have that sense of, uh, I know they're tribal, but I don't think they have that sense of overall tribe like we do, like America, right? America, UK, whatever. The country, you know, esprit de corps, they have that individual or small tribe mentality of you get five guys together, that's a tribe. Oh, these five guys over here don't agree with you, so they get a tribe together. That's a different tribe, and they believe in something else. And then they'll go fight each other. So they don't really think about the greater goal of, wow, this is really going to help our country to make this road so I can get here. They don't care. They'll take six weeks to cross the mountain on a donkey and, and sell spices. That's not beneficial to them as individuals, though, is it? Right. That's the five guys in their tribe. Right. They, you know, the, 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 the country progressing isn't beneficial to them as individuals. And Well, that and they'll sell their tribe out in a heartbeat for yeah. money. So they may not care because they may be making money on the black market. And if they have an established government, maybe that'll go away. Maybe the opium trade will go away, you know, if they have established government. So they don't really care much about it. I mean, probably all the above, you know. Yeah, combination of everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just, it's mind-blowing because, you know, there's plenty of days I'd be sitting out there. And I'm out there and I'm like, this place, as as it would be referred to, is possibly a shithole. Um <laughs> Possibly. And yeah, possi- <laughs> you know, got to tread lightly on that word. Kind of people uh, people say that's not nice. You'd be like, it's yeah. not about, it's, it's true. It's, it's nice or not, it's true. It's a shithole. <laughs> it is a, it's a straight dump. But I would sit there and think about how somebody that grew up there 
loves it. They're like, oh, this place is phenomenal. I wouldn't live anywhere else in the world. <laughs> like, uh, he doesn't it, know any different. Well, why would yeah, he? You know, why would exactly. he want to? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just the whole the whole dynamic of everything over there is. I, I mean. I had way a, above my head grade. I had a buddy of mine that just came back, as a matter of fact, from Afghanistan after serving a year as a contractor. Well, prior to that, he was at the Pentagon uh, as a liaison to the Afghan government for a period of time under deployment. And then he came back and got out of the military and took a contract job, basically doing the same thing as an advisor and, and liaison. Um, and he was just sharing some stories with me. And basically what you guys are describing was the same thing that he had said. And he's like, uh, it's it's just bad. It's just real bad uh, from all levels and everything else. And like you said, they just don't comprehend that whole united aspect of it. You know? Yeah, I've never seen that. I've never seen them come together any more than the group that you train. And then even those guys have infiltrators that don't care because they're from different tribes, maybe. So they're in fighting as well. Even even when they're working together, they're working against each other. Yep, no, you're you're spot on with that as well. I guess the um, one of the uh, higher ups in the Afghan army completely hated one of his, I don't know, somebody that was working for him just because of where he was from in the country. He didn't look, he looked more Asian than Afghan, and so they, he hated him. And that's just how I mean that has nothing to do with the the person's competency or skill sets, but it's just oh, you're from this little place. Yeah, I hate you. Wow. never going to work for you or with you and I'll do everything to make your life miserable. And so it's just, it's craziness. It's kind of like where their loyalty lies. Where is that? You know, money mm. internal. <laughs> yeah. I think to them, the world's a huge, huge place. They'll never see all of it or they'll don't, they'll never understand it. We know the world's a small place really comparatively with, with the internet and, and airplanes. We can get around the world in no time really. And those countries that try to stay pure, you know, we're the melting pot here. You know, look at Europe. It's a melting pot. It's it's almost turning. <laughs> Europe's almost turning with an influx of, you know, refugees. But at least at least from the news. I'm speaking from the news. I don't like to speak from my own. <laughs> it's just the news I'm fed. But um, being a, when you're a melting pot, you, you learn to deal with other people. You learn to respect, you know. You learn that your way might not be the right way all the time. Those, those countries that are hard to get them to come together they think that their way is the only way we're right you know and they don't care about anything else they don't work together well and that's and part just, of the problem too with uh, not just unification i think what you're talking about too is that there was a sense of uh, and i know it's a bit off topic here but you you just got me thinking about how you know forefathers and people that have gone and been immigrants and such like that one of the first things they did was assimilate and so there's a bit of um, like what you're describing there, Christian, in the sense of they just didn't like the person for whatever reason. But when we join the military, we tend to assimilate even into the military. We may come from different backgrounds, different religions and different uh, parts of the country and different beliefs as far as um, socioeconomic or whatever type of things. But we assimilate and we unite. I mean, that's really the only way it's going to work. I mean, you can't have everybody working together hating each other is just you're not going to accomplish anything you know you have to build a team and maybe that's where they could start like small team building i don't even know <laughs> playing play sports yeah yeah <laughs> which they don't even like you you see the soccer fields they're empty basketball courts looks like they've never been touched because at one point it was you know it was pretty well you know a, a nice place i guess and then you know, the Taliban came in and just went to shit because of their beliefs and all that stuff. And so, yeah, there is no, not really any kids running around playing sports or whatever. It's just, it's just, uh, it's a crazy, it's just dirty, disgusting all around. How did you end up getting into this in the first place? I don't think you ever told me that. Instagram. No way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> how the hell was it instagram <laughs> you were following a page or something uh so i had just gotten divorced like it took me a while to get picked up with this and i was sitting at home and i was like man what am i gonna do for a job and i was just talking to this random person on instagram they're like hey man um i know of this company here's their email go ahead and shoot them an email 
I was like, all right, cool, you know, fuck it. So I sent them an email, did a job interview, uh, tried to get onto a different program a while ago, didn't get picked up for that. So I just chopped it up as a loss. And then like almost exactly two years from the day that I did my interview, they called and they're like, hey, are you still interested? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't have shit going on. Let's do this. And so I did the interview again and uh, got picked up. And then went right into uh, the training and then headed overseas. First time I, you told me about contracting and that you were going into that, naturally I went to, okay, you're going to go over there and do some knuckle dragging, you know, special ops type of stuff or something of that nature. But then when you came back and said, no, you're going to be uh, doing drone stuff. And a matter of fact, you put up a couple of videos of when you guys were going through, I think, the initial training and yep. uh yeah here stateside i don't know where that was california or wherever it was you were at the time and uh and, and that's when it started hitting that wow this is i just couldn't see you doing that i don't know it was just kind of different uh from what i thought yeah i mean i've never really had the desire to get into that high speed you know blood diamond style contracting that everybody out there and that are you know, on shooterjobs.com looking for that shooterjobs.com. Yeah, looking for the, you know, is that, re- is that real? <laughs> that's real. Yeah. No, no way. It, yeah, it's totally 100% real. And so it's like people that are all looking, they're chasing the contractor money. America. Yeah. <laughs> America. And it always turns out like. So you, you, didn't, you didn't find the pornstar.com uh, type website or anything for you? Uh, no that beard man you might go yeah. back with that beard and get into that <laughs> into the porn especially with that haircut. Uh, just, or the I'm taliban's just, gonna come get you I'm, I'm making up for where i lack with this beard let's put it that way and so yeah i mean like all these people are like man get on shooter jobs or like i'm gonna go work for company x y and z and i'm gonna be rolling around in convoys it's like no those yeah. days are over you lean over as you're going into a target with those guys be like, Hey, what's your name again? And what's your background? <laughs> Cause we're about to get into it. So I might want to get to know you before we start shooting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I had a, a friend that actually left that line of work to come over to the, to the UAV stuff. And he was like, no, nah, it was, it was a great move. He was like, it's everybody's a cowboy kind of type deal. Like everybody, it's a, a dick measuring contest all over the place. I'm like, Oh, you know, what group or what color oh you you're a number not a color it's like you know every oh you only you only have 18 deployments well you're a little bitch i have 19 you know it's like okay and uh so i i wanted something that you can walk away with a tangible skill set um because you know my military background i was not in the the upper echelons of you know jason Bourne style work so nobody was going to be calling me like, hey, we saw your shooting video on Instagram. We could really use you to come do some wet work or something. We need shit. you to save us. Yeah. Come <laughs> like, save us. Don't worry. Uh, let me cash in some miles and I can get out there in no time. So <laughs> it's just the, the disconnect of like everything. And you got all these like movies, you know, guys are rolling and a convoy out in the middle of the desert and they're getting ready to hit a target and some kids like i want to do that i'm going to be a contractor and it's like nah you're probably just gonna be like checking ids at a gate for 12 hours a day and it's gonna be hot as fuck and it's gonna be miserable it's gonna be dusty it's not gonna be enjoyable nobody's gonna be like look at that sexy contractor over there thank you, you for know. what you're doing yeah thanks for your <laughs> service <laughs> let me in the gate so yeah i wanted something that that will progress into something bigger uh that's it's a good stepping stone like uh to find bigger platforms it really is i mean today i think there are uh i i believe i saw i can't remember if it was a cable company or electron electric company or something like that that is using drone flying nowadays um for a lot of the the equipment that they have up in higher spaces, you know, and uh, to work on them or to visually inspect them or in those types of things. It's huge. It is. And so a lot of these uh, utility companies, um, construction companies and whatnot, they're 
they're hiring you know drone operators to take their little dji or uh phantom and fly it around and be like yep there's a crack in it um and so it's it's all headed that way like everything that I mean, you have uh, windmill inspections being done by some 20, 30-year-old kid that bought a drone at Best Buy and got his uh, Part 107, which means he can fly in the States uh, through the FAA for commercial. But anybody can just go buy a drone and you can fly it wherever and there's really no, as far as I know, there's not really anybody can do anything about it. It's when you start accepting money, you need to have the, the paperwork and whatnot. And so there's a lot of people doing work work with that stuff and it's, it's only getting larger and there's a lot of interest the dod uh that's a lot of interest of course in in the use of uh uavs and all that so it's it's kind of like a newer field ish i mean it's it's been around for a bit but now it's i think it's really starting to to take off no you're 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 absolutely right and you're you're in a perfect spot because when it's new, nobody knows how to do it. Nobody's interested in it. We, right now, when it's probably getting ready to take over, when people yeah. see its worth and what we can do with it, well, mm-hmm. we really don't know all we can do with it just yet. We're trying to figure that out. Once we get caught up with Europe on our FAA laws with drones and we can actually start doing stuff, I mean, they may be delivering packages for this crap. It'll clear up our highways or whatnot. Well, look at Amazon. But, yeah, Amazon yeah. has already been talking about delivering packages, and they're nearly there uh, to be able to do that, which is just yeah. crazy. When, when these shooters come in and talk all this trash, oh, I was in this this unit, I was in that unit. And I told my son, go get a job. Go get it. He's like, I want to be a sniper. I'm like, uh-uh, that's not a job. I'm going to be a ranger. I'm like, uh-uh, that's not a job. Go get a career. Go let them teach you how to do something that you'll use when you get out. He's a geospatial imagery analyst now, but but all those guys are like, oh, you, you get a crappy job or a stupid job, you're not shooting. I mean, nobody needs anybody to come shoot anybody around here, you know? Right. I mean, unless you want, you want to be a cop and make 30000 a year, great. But It's all about the glory of what they think it is, though, Tom. I mean, you know, they, they yeah. go on there and they see guys that are posting photos or, you know, talking stuff and everything else, and they see the trinkets on their chest. They got CIBs. They got... You know, they got all these nice-looking awards and everything else. <laughs> Those CIBs will get you a long way. <laughs> that, and about, had, that and about six bucks will get you a bottle, uh, a bottle of beer, right? Yeah. I haven't had anybody throw jobs at me for any reason, you know? They're like, oh, what'd you do? Oh, I did this and this and this. They're like, cool, what can you do now, you know? I'm like, oh, well, I did this, this, and this. Did I tell you that, how cool I was, you know? It's like, you guys You were spot me. on with that statement because the uh, – a lot of people join the military. They're like, I'm going to go do four years in the infantry or I'm going to do a SF contract or I'm going to, whatever it is. And they're like, and then when I get out, I'm going to have that six figure contracting job just waiting for yeah. me. <laughs> and it's like, all right, cool. You and everybody else in this fucking MEP center. Yeah. Those, for that those jobs, job. those jobs are gone. They're, yeah, they're they gone. Even, they don't even pay that much overseas anymore. Really? I mean, no, I mean, People would hit me up and be like, hey, man, I got a, offered a job with whatever company and they're going to pay me, uh, you know, $75,000 a year. I was like, fuck that. Get a job at Home Depot. You at least yeah. get to come home every night. Like, I I would not do that. And they're like, but, but why? Like, if I do good here, then they might put me into the special teams. And then if I do good there, and it's like, yeah, that's a lot of what ifs. Like, uh, Are you married? Some- yeah, you, you, that's going to end. <laughs> yeah, you won't be married. She'll take half of that, so cut all that in half because your wife yeah. will take the other half when she's done. <laughs> Fortunately, I knocked my uh, divorce out of the way before I got into contracting. So she should have held out. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> uh... And, and so, like, you know, everybody wants to be this this door kicker, and that's awesome. Like there there will be a need for door kickers, but look at everything. Like get into intelligence, get into uh, the 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 UAV, the unmanned world, because that stuff is. I mean the the amount of money that you can make out make out with uh, getting out of the military is is pretty decent. Uh, well, the military I mean, is testing so much technology right now, especially in the battle place, because that's where most of the time the civilian world gets an opportunity to see what things are made of is because they, they're they going to wear the hell out of it out there in the combat situation. So technology gets utilized a lot 
And so if you're understanding and keeping up with all the geek stuff in terms of what's coming around the corner, that that's where it's at. I mean, I think in the future, as crazy as it may sound, more wars probably will be fought by robotics and less by humans because, you know, human life is becoming much more valuable in, in that sense. And so let's go and uh, as crazy as it sounds, too, in terms of space wars and, and that types of things, do I believe that that could happen? Hell, yeah. One of these days, somebody's going to claim Mars is theirs and uh, or the sun or whatever. I don't know. Whatever that resource is that everybody takes for granted at this moment, don't think that it can't be taken away from you. Oh, my son is in a course right now, and uh, and he was talking about it. He goes, yeah, it's the Space Force stuff. And I was like, what? I go, that, that, that's real? <laughs> I go, I've heard jokes about it. That's real? Because, yeah, oh, yeah, people don't understand what's going on, and we don't have control of space, and Europe's way ahead of us with their satellites and, and what they're doing, and we're trying to catch up. I'm like, hey, we've been so focused on the on the ground down here that, you know, like you said, what if they find something on the moon that, that's worth a lot of money that we need? Someone's yes. going Someone's going to go get it and take it and fight for it, and God knows they're not going to share it with anybody. So Who's to say we don't already have that information? You know, I always try to... to- <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like we've had these sure. we've had these um, robots or whatever scouring the the surface of the moon. What if they have already found a specific chemical or a specific product or something that could be made from the the sand or whatever is uh, whatever I wouldn't say sand, but he, the surface and <laughs> <laughs> sand. Thing on beach already. Are you reading the uh, <laughs> Thor script right now? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> and scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have to believe we wouldn't spend that much money to something unless we kind of knew what might be out there already. Oh, yeah. I, I, I hope we're not that stupid. It was the um, UFOs that told us, Tom. <laughs> right. I mean, back in, back in the day when they crashed in Roswell, we've probably been chasing it since then, trying to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. They told us that there was stuff up there, so that's why we're there. You yeah, me. no, I voices in my head tell me the same stuff too. Voices in your head? Yeah, yeah. Go to the moon. <laughs> I don't know that I necessarily I'm listen to that. We could really blow their mind and tell them that the drones have chemtrails. <laughs> How See, you gonna? Uh, you can get listeners that way if you get the conspiracy theory going. There you go. That's a <laughs> oh, that's, in. In. that's an angle. Yeah. But, yeah. no, I think that's some good advice as far as the transition. You Just know. going back to what you were saying, um, Christian, about um, trying to get a, an end um, goal with something that's transferable to civilian lifestyle. We're starting to see a lot of uh, close protection courses in the UK now amalgamating with other qualifications at the same time as the course. So you'll do um, close protection courses, your medical courses, and as well as intelligence analyst courses or um, UAV type stuff and things, you know. So people are kind of catching on to that now and and trying to put people into a newer markets with an array of qualifications so they can fit into different jobs. But the problem I think that's out there is the market's completely saturated. And, you know, it, 10 years ago, the there was... A shed load of money for doing it there wasn't that many people doing it so you got to pick the good jobs but now there's just every man and his dog like you said they, they do four years in the military and think right that's my my aim i'll serve for four years and, and go contracting and earn the the big bucks and they kind of have a, a game plan of I'll, I'll do four years doing that then and i can retire at 28 <laughs> i've saved myself a, a million dollars or whatever it is and you just you just get used to the lifestyle as well, don't you? And you know, you go and earn some good money, and then you come back, and what am I going to do now? All, all my other friends are either out in the circuit still, or my civilian friends are all working. Or well, fuck it, then I'll go on holidays for uh, uh, a month to Vegas and blow every single penny, and then you go black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to go back again yeah. to pay your rent. <laughs> the, you just described so many people caught in the contractor world like I, I i there's people that i saw out there that were contractors and they were they're headed to go spend twenty thousand dollars plus on a two-week vacation it's like, like save save your money why? man yeah this is, this is gonna be over one day you're gonna twist your ankle or break yeah. a leg or oh, i don't know get shot or killed that might happen too you know nobody thinks of that it's called contracting for a reason like it yeah. will end. it's not it's not forever and and they freeze the pay every year don't they 
four months at a time? I mean, unless you're overseas, they probably still pay. I don't know, but at the end, the end of the yeah. fiscal year, when we go to continuing resolution, don't they cease all payments that they have to? And I don't know what yeah. happens to contractors after that. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I have no idea. But you know, now you have this this plethora of professional shooters on YouTube and all these <laughs> high speed courses you can take to to learn to be whatever you want to be. And you know, everybody's running a a contract, not a contract, but like a, a shooting course or you know, so saturated. Like, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's what the so Americans. It, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You know what the Americans don't think about is. They, they go in the military, they get out, and they want a contract because they think the money's still there. They forget UK and the Aussies. You guys in the Americas, Americans don't travel. We don't like to go around the world. We're too nervous. Guys travel on vacation, but to go around the world and do something in a city that you're not used to, most Americans don't do that. You guys from the UK, you guys from Australia, they go everywhere around the world, and they, and they do all that stuff. You, they're the ones taking those jobs up in a heartbeat. They, they ask for less pay. And, and they do a great job. So people, like in Dubai, one of there, it's, it's loaded with Brits and Aussies. And then every now and then they have a, a push. We need to rotate, get some more Americans in here. You guys want a job? I'm like, hell no, because in two years, you're going to bring in all the Brits and Aussies again. You know? <laughs> Not, nothing and against you guys there. Nothing, right, nothing yeah. at all. It's just they, they do a good, great job, and they don't, they don't whine and complain as much, and they don't, they don't want as much pay. Yeah. You, you so drive you the pay down, Scott. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you drive the pay down, Scott. What, what the hell's up with that? It's the curve. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they bring you in for? <laughs> Here's the guy that makes us all appreciate our jobs. They do a better job. They work harder, and they don't, they don't ask for as much money and whine about it as much. Americans come in. I'm like, you kids are killing us, man. You're killing us with your whining and your complaining. And, oh, by the way, I need a lot of money for my, for my job. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, let's see your resume. It says here, uh, hazmat NCO, forklift driver. Small arms maintenance course. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it's like, what? Well, okay, so I guess we got a janitorial position open if you're interested. No, man, I want the minimum 100000 a year. Uh, you know, I'm going to need at least six months off a year as well uh, to, you know, write my fucking memoirs. And <laughs> it's it's I don't know where this massive disconnect has come from, um, but it's it's un, it's unbelievable, really, because it's like why would you do that? How are your nobody's going to hire you? How are the kids in the UK? Are they are they millennials or is that just is that relegated to America? We have that shitbag millennial. <laughs> I don't starting wanna... to come through. No, I, th- I think we You're welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> just like just They're like the people on with it. Yeah, but I think we're lagging behind you uh, a couple of years in it. But it's definitely starting to come come through now with um, uh, the millennials and the the liberals, you know. And it's just shit, isn't it? You you got the new generation now, the Generation Z, which is uh, what those people that are getting ready to turn legal age eighteen, at least legal age of America next year or is it this year i think it's this year it's a no it's next year it's actually 2000 they were born in 2001 so they've only known a life of the global war on terror you know they they weren't around obviously when 9-11 came about and so they're they don't understand a lot of that and that's that generation that's going to be fighting those next wars and this is going to be doing the things that we're talking about here so these guys who that have came back you know, I think you've got these guys that also grew up, for the most part, better part of their lives, you know, with the war around and everything else. And they've not had to come and def- maybe fend for themselves uh, to the level. And like you said, they're only relying then on what they know. And what they know is throwing bullets down range and shooting people in the face. Yeah, not a big market for that. No, not when you get out. <laughs> no. Even That's overseas, much. you could do about one job then you're going to jail so generation z wasn't that a zombie movie or something is that (laughs) that might be where they got it from yeah is that what that means (laughs) the walking dead (laughs) yeah uh they're kind of around but they're worthless yeah yeah no i mean their parents have been telling them that their opinion matters and that they're going to do great things for the world so they take that that mindset to the the job world and they're like what's your experience they're like none Okay, what would you like to start out pay-wise? Like thinking a cool, you know, 50 an hour is where we can start. 
And it's like, the fuck did you come up with that number? It's like, my mom told me I'm special, and that's what I <laughs> asked Every, for nothing less than that. Everybody gets a blue ribbon. Yeah, uh, everyone's a winner, all that. It's like, good Lord. Oh, my God. But it, it's so true, though. There is a sense that we've talked about a lot before about uh, that sense of entitlement, and that's that's kind of what we're talking about here. So I think the message of this day is get some experience behind you, get a trade or a skill that'll be transferable and uh, stay off of shooter.com or what, what's that website? Shooterjobs.com. Oh, uh, shooterjobs.com. Yeah. They, <laughs> for some reason they always pop up on my Facebook. I'm like, I don't need this. It's because yeah, Facebook um, is listening to you, man. Every time yeah. you talk there, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm, I'm telling everybody I'm a, some high speed trigger puller, but I'm not. <laughs> Stolen contractor valor. That's a new thing now. <laughs> Stolen <laughs> contractor valor. <laughs> uh, what's next for you, man? Are you going to go back to the uh, the sand at some point, or are you going to go back to your construction job? What's up? Uh, no, I'm still. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff coming up all over the world for the the company I work with, and so uh probably be doing a lot of traveling i've got my um like veteran starter pack coffee company that i've got going oh yeah so let's talk about that because sea steak coffee you had a you put it a little bit on the i guess you took a hiatus for a period of time right and you're gonna go start winding that thing back up yeah i uh you know like i like coffee so does every other veteran apparently and uh t-shirts and coffee I, and bullets that's pretty much it right there yeah yeah, no, be, be a contractor and drink coffee. If not, fuck you. And so, um, you know, I was just never could find, like, any cup of coffee that I actually liked. It was all just, like, burnt dog shit. And these people are like, this is the best coffee ever. And it's like, it's not hard to make good coffee. So I, I uh, really enjoy that and want to just head down that road. So I'll be back up and roasting here uh, probably in, like, hopefully six to eight weeks. So I'm really excited for that. And I can keep doing uh, this line of work that I'm in. And, and uh, so I'll be pretty busy for the next while, but I'm the type of person, if I'm not busy, if I'm not doing about 20 things at once, I feel like I'm failing myself as an individual. And so, yeah, I'm just uh, really excited for it. So I'll be bringing uh, the sea state coffee back on right now. I'm just selling like coffee mugs and, and tumblers so it's kind of funny to be a coffee company with no coffee but and it's it's odd to me because i'm like people are still buying tumblers and coffee mugs so i must be doing something halfway decent it's like you know have it selling people are like where's the coffee i'm like ah it's not ready yet <laughs> so, it's, like, it's like buying a car before you have invented gas exactly no, well, it's, it's your brand, brand of gas yeah <laughs> the best brand of gas uh and so yeah it's it's been fun i've been just hammering all that stuff uh, you know, on my downtime and and beautiful in Afghanistan, I would just be working on all the the back end stuff with the the company, and I really like the direction that it's headed in. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to what what I'll be releasing here. What's the best way? I know, of course, uh, they can follow you at like Instagram at at C State, but you also have uh, C State. What is it? Underscore Coffee. Uh, there's a C State or C underscore State underscore Coffee. Um. And then, of course, there's C-State 21. Uh, either way, they can get a hold of me through there and can ask me when the coffee will be available, and I will let them know. It's actually pretty cool uh, mugs that you have out right now, those ceramic mugs. I am extremely happy with those. I was like, wow, these guys did really good work. So um, posted that up on the social media was it yesterday or two days ago. Like, I have no sense of time right now, courtesy of jet lag. Um and so I'm, I'm really excited about those. They turned out really well. So I'm hoping to come out with some more designs here in the future. And, uh, yeah, there's lots of excitement. Well, as soon as you uh, get the coffee going, let us know. We'll definitely give a shout out. Um, it's good stuff. So we'll have to make sure that we help push that business and stuff for you for sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. I definitely do. Well, it was good talking to you. Good having Always you back on the show. We'll have you back on here sometime in the near future, I'm sure. Glad to see you're doing well. Glad Thank you, you see you cut that beard and that hair, too. <laughs> if I go back over there, it's all we're going to be back at that point again. At that point, yep. it's going to be down around your ankles at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope not, actually. That would be really weird. The ZZ Top look. <laughs> you can hide an AK in there. Yeah, yeah. 
I was always worried I'd get snatched up as an insider threat on base. I I want I dare you right now to put a damn suit on and do a GQ photo set because with that hairdo <laughs> and that beard, man, you are perfectly set for it. <laughs> are you hitting on me? <laughs> no. <laughs> you already have my phone number, man. <laughs> I'll text you later. <laughs> All right, man. Good having you on. Take care. Oh, pleasure.